honor you and we praise you and we love you in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. All right. So the Lord is excellent to me. There's all kind of words to describe who he is, but ultimately he is excellent. Excellent. Everything that is belongs to you, belongs to you, and all 
excellence. Isn't he excellent? Isn't he glorious? Isn't he marvelous? Isn't he wonderful? to giving God the glory and the honor because he doesn't stop so we shouldn't stop either amen amen so we're here we've had some join in with us we are glad once again to give praise to our Lord for he is worthy so I would like for us all to come together and sing praises to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
Amen. You may be seated if you aren't already. Happy New Year. You know, we always have to figure out how long we can say that before people start looking at you strange. You know, it's like, is it a weekend? Is it, is it five days in, two days? Well, I'm going to keep saying it uh, because we do need, I mean, we do get to pen in and write in a new year. And I am grateful to the Lord for his faithfulness, his, his faithfulness to us, his staying power, and um, how we are able to continue to worship and live for him in this environment. Before we get into our word this morning, we definitely want to have a time of prayer um, as we continue to pray for the body. Um, believers in general, yes, and more specifically those that um, we fellowship with or that we cross paths with and those that we know um, that are in specific need of our prayer. And um, you might have heard some of them throughout the week and some that we may not have even as we pray. <clears throat> if I am not specifically um, speaking to an item or a person or a need that you know of, you bring it before the Lord as we pray. Um, God is hearing all of us. Um, God is attentive to the needs of his children. Um, we definitely want to be in prayer uh, for the Martin family as um, they um, laid um, Elder Martin laid his mother to rest yesterday. We were able to watch, um, for those of you who were, the service live stream um, as it was down in uh, Memphis. Um, definitely want to keep them in prayer as the family deals with this loss due to COVID. And um, we want to continue to pray for them as they travel back home um, and um, move forward with life. We also want to be in prayer at the passing of Mike Newton's mom. I don't know if you guys have heard that and that um, they will be having um, a uh, public service actually today. Um, he is down, as you know, in Roanoke, Virginia uh, with his family and um, the passing of his mom and really be praying for them and for his father um, who he has asked us to remain in prayer for. <clears throat> and we want to um, we want to continually lift up those here that are continuing to struggle with not only this pandemic and this virus, but also all the things that have happened and occurred because of it and other things this year and those that we know that are struggling those that we know that have lost jobs but are continuing to stand in the Lord. You know, God has one of the things that, that we all have seen and in our New Year's Eve um, praise and prayer time, um, which, by the way, was slated for an hour, but you guys had so many testimonies and had such a great time. It lasted, our Zoom meeting lasted for two hours. And so I was just really grateful for the way in which um, folks were able to keep that focus on praising God for his faithfulness, even in a tough year, even in a time um, that has been unprecedented for all of us. And so as we, <clears throat> as we go into prayer, I want, us to, I want us to continue to let the Lord keep our focus in the right place and that we pray for people to have their focus in the right place. Regardless of what's happening around us, regardless of what is going on, whether we like it or not, whether it's something that we would like to see happen or not, that we keep our focus on the Lord. And in this year that in this year that has brought so much between pain, sorrow, confusion, God has also brought hope, salvation, faithfulness, mercy, grace. And those are the things we continue to focus on in this new year. God has not abandoned his children. God has not abandoned his church. 
God has not abandoned his purposes. And as we continue to set our hearts and our minds in that place continually, we will allow ourselves to enjoy the peace that God brings, the clarity of life that trusting in him brings, and being able to demonstrate to a lost world who he is. Amen? Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you so much that you and you alone, O oh God, are worthy to be praised. You and you alone are the one that has kept us throughout this past year, and you have ushered us and brought us into this new one. Father, many of the same things that we dealt with in 2020 are still present in 2021, and yet, Lord, we have this sense of a fresh start, and we thank you for it. Father, we thank you that we've seen your hand at work, and even in the middle of loss and pain and sorrow, Father, there's been joy because of you. There's been a settling because of you. Father, there's been peace because of you. Lord, we have testified, many of us, to your hand being strong in and on our lives. And that, Lord, you have held us tight. Lord, when it felt like everything was unraveling. We thank you for that, Lord. Father, this morning we continue to pray for those, oh God, who, Lord, are in continual need. Yes, we all are, but in specific need of your grace. Father, for the Martin family, we thank you, Lord, in the way in which you are honored, Father, at the homegoing service for Elder Martin's mother, Lord, and that how the gospel was shared at how her life well lived for you, O oh Lord, was declared and seen and heard. Father, I just pray that as they travel back, Lord, that your hand would be over them. Father, that your hand would calm their hearts, Lord, that they would continue to sense your presence, Lord. And on those days when it's tougher than others, I pray, Lord, that indeed they would know, O oh God, that you are near, that you are strong in their life. Father, I pray that the legacy that was left, that the example that was given by Mrs. Martin, Lord, would continue to influence those that she has touched over the years. And that, God, you would get praise and honor from it. Father, we pray now for Mike Newton and his family. Father, as they get ready to lay his mother to rest. Father, I thank you again for another life well lived for you, Lord, and how she proclaimed you and was ready to meet you. Father, I thank you for your hand of grace and mercy on this family, and yet, oh Lord, this hurts. Father, I pray that you would bring peace, that you would bring strength, and that you would give wisdom as they walk this road, Lord. I pray, God, that you would help Mike's father, Lord, that he would continue to experience your strength and your grace, Lord. I pray indeed, God, that, that you would touch his heart, and Lord, that he would sense your very presence. Lord, you promise that you are a present help in time of trouble, and we believe that, we have experienced that, and we expect that down the road. Father, I pray for us as a fellowship this morning, Lord, that you would continue to help us to keep our eyes focused on you, in the right place, on the right one, you. Father, so that as we do that, Lord, we would demonstrate to the world, oh God, the reality um, of who you are. Lord, and that you are the living God, the one, oh God, who indeed holds us, leads us, guides us because you have saved us. 
Father, I pray that we would entrust ourselves to you. Lord, and that on those days when it's tough, Father, on those days when the needs that we have press in on us and we feel it, I pray, God, that we would rest in your hands and trust you. Father, we know you have us. I pray you would help us to live out of that knowledge. This morning, as we hear your word, I pray, God, that our hearts would be attentive to receive and that, Lord, after receiving, we would be intentional on obeying your word. I pray, God, that it would not just be something that tickles our ears, oh, Lord, or is something that just, God, helps us to feel better, but, Lord, that it is instructive, it is leading, it is guiding. And, Father, we allow it by the power of your Holy Spirit to transform us more and more into the image of your Son. And so we commit ourselves and our way to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You would turn with me to the book of Colossians. You know, for me, normally I am in series, and we do have one that will be um, coming up here shortly. But for this morning, as I as I wanted to open up this new year and share with us, I, be, I just begin to think what what could help direct and focus our attention as we plan and prioritize in this new year. I've not seen, and I said this last week, I've not seen as much, um, and I, I've, I've not seen a whole lot of New Year's resolutions. I think that we've learned a little bit from 2020. We just go and wait and trust God. Um, we, we have some plans, but I think we're, cold in, we're, we're holding them close to the vest, giving them to the Lord and allowing him to work. Yesterday, actually, as I was watching the live stream of um, Elder Martin's mother's funeral, he got up to say something, and I loved the phrase, and I mentioned it to him. He said to the group that was gathered there, and of course to all of us, man makes plans, but God makes decisions. And I love that because we... We can make all the plans we want, but the decisions of the Lord are the ones that will stand strong and stand true. And I echo that this morning. This year, this is the time of year when we are pretty much more intentional. Even if we haven't put a whole lot out there, we're more intentional about our priorities, about our plans, um, which are fueled by our purposes and thus our passions. We are we are, we are pretty, I mean, this is that time where we've been reflective and now we are looking to move forward. We may want to see some things that are different in this new year. We want to behave or act differently or we want to respond differently to what we encounter and what we see. This morning, though, as we continue to solidify those priorities and those plans, I want to lead you to a text that can aid in that process. Now, we've known that our world has been turned upside down, the whole world, because of this pandemic. And here in this country, pandemic, um, strained race relations, an election process that has been tough and dividing, and so as we enter this new year, some of us, we are, we are wanting to plan better how we are, what we do. We've seen what others do. We've, we've, we've heard and we've seen, and we may have even, you know, not liked how we've responded throughout this year. And so in our hearts, as we entered into this new year, we kind of thought, I want to be different. And if God has had your heart, he's been pulling and he's been directing and leading you to a place where you fix and keep your eyes on him as you 
make plans as you settle into what you want to see happen in your life this year. As I said earlier, some of us may be a bit hesitant to make plans or any predictions after the year we've had. My siblings, we have a, we have a chat group and um, it was talking about the new year and I just put out there, I said, I'm not making any promises. I'm just trusting God after this past year. I'm going to see what he has in store. So some of us are a bit hesitant, but does God's word help us in how we are to focus and where we are to focus our hearts and our minds? Does God's word, yes, his word does in several places. We can go several. But one of the places I wanted to land on this morning was the book of Colossians. Now we know this is not a New Year's resolution book. I'm not going to pretend that at all. You know, for us, context is, 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 um, is king. It's, it's, it's where we land if you want to understand what God is saying in his word. And we know that in the book of Colossians, as Paul was writing, he was dealing with those that were dealing with false teachers that were looking to upend their faith, lead them astray set them on a course that would not lead to their growth in Christ, but could possibly lead to their derailing. And as he goes through it, he specifically focuses on the supremacy of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ to fulfill all of their spiritual needs and not what was being fed to them or attempted to be fed to them by these false teachers to lead them astray. And so as he focuses their attention and as he gets them in the proper place and to have the proper view of Christ and his sufficiency in their life, he comes to a transitional point in chapter three where he summarizes what he's talked about and he looks forward to how he's going to finish this book. Chapter three, verses one through four is really transitional in nature in what he's been discussing and how he's been teaching them. One of the things I will say to you this morning, very familiar text, please don't let the familiarity of the text lull you to sleep. Sometimes when we hear something that we've heard repetitively, that we've heard more than once, we say, oh, I've heard that, and we just kind of mentally check out. I want to ask you to allow God to bring a freshness to his word, to your, I mean, from his word to your heart as we hear this morning. Let's read together. I'm reading, of course, from the English Standard Version. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And we know after this particular point that Paul leads them on to what to put off and what to put on in their lives, what to rid themselves of and what to take on intentionally as they, um, as they seek to continue to grow in the precious faith. Three things I want us to see this morning from this. No, there are not only three things, but three things that I want us to see from this this morning. And, and I like, as you know, to give words that are easy to remember and so that we can bring them back up. We're going to look at seek, set, and find. Seek, set, and find. What do I mean by that? We're going to look at what to seek because Paul leads them into how, I mean, into what they are to seek. Then he leads them into where to set their mind and their focus and their attention. There is a seeking, there is a setting. And then there is what they can expect, what they will find. In and, in, in and from their life. 
because of what has happened and because of what they continue to do. And so first, it is this what to seek. What is their purpose? And the seeking is a present tense, so this isn't a one-time deal. This isn't a New Year's resolution. This isn't a beginning-of-the-year thing that I do, and it's kind of set for me for the year. This is a continual seeking or searching. In essence, what he says when he says, if then you've been raised with Christ, that that if-then clause, or some would suggest sense, but we will leave it at if because it actually brings in their mind if indeed you have been raised um, um, after you've been forgiven because you have died with Christ, he has shared this earlier in the book, if then you have, you have died with Christ, you have identified with the death of Christ, your sins have been laid on that cross because you have repented of them and thus you have embraced the work of Christ, the finished work of Christ, and now that you have trusted him, if then you have been, you have died with him and you have been raised in resurrection with him, spiritually speaking, if that has happened, he says, then naturally speaking, what should occur in your life or what should continue to occur is this seeking or this setting your heart's desire to inquire or to look in a particular way, in a particular area. He says to you, if then you have been changed, Christ is now ruling in your life, let me help you where your attention should remain throughout the year, day in and, de and day in and day out. He says, keep seeking. Keep seeking what? The things that are above. And you say above where? Upstairs? Second floor, third floor, roof? No, when he refers to this above, we know in this letter, in this context, he is talking about heavenly things, heavenly thinking, heavenly realities. He says you're seeking where your heart's desire is, where you set your affections is above. And what's above? The Christ that you've been raised with. He says here, he says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. See, since you've been connected to Christ, you should be seeking those things that are connected to Christ or those things where Christ is. Now, here's what he's not saying. He's not saying that none of these things around us on earth are things that we can desire or things that we can want or things that we can take advantage of. He's not saying that. He's not saying um, don't look for a good career. He's not saying um, um, don't look for good relationships or don't look for good and necessary possessions. He's not saying that. What he's saying is that ultimately your seeking must be and must start where Christ is because they will govern every other seeking that you do. See, if your seeking foundationally starts in the wrong place. Every other decision you make to seek will be in the wrong place. And so he sets our foundation correctly. He says to them, because they were being led astray, he says, look, you seek those things which are above. Let your heart's desire be set on heavenly things. Let those things instruct everything else you choose. Let the authority of Christ, let the supremacy of Christ be what leads and guides. And this is so critical today because today, actually what has happened as a result of this past year what it has revealed to many of us is that we were seeking things that were not able to hold us. What it revealed is that where our heart's desire was for some of us, 
for many of us, where our heart's desire was, was not able to hold us when our world's foundations were shaken. What it revealed is for some of us, we were seeking the wrong things. We were not looking to those things that were rooted in and attached to Christ, firstly. And thus, when everything started being taken away, it wasn't just unsettling. It took away, for some of us, our foundation because our foundation wasn't set in the right place. In other words, what he is telling them to do is orient yourself, your life, to these heavenly realities. What heavenly realities is he talking about? The ones that because you have trusted Christ as Savior, because your sins are forgiven, because he is the one that is leading. Now, now you've said, when you've trusted him, he is the one that will lead and that will set your life. Because of that, the reality is he is the one that must be directing and be at the foundation of what you choose and how you choose. So if, hmm, if your political candidate did or did not make it, God says that really doesn't make a difference because you can live in spite of. If your job and your financial situation increased or decreased, it didn't make a difference because where you've set, where you've set your anchor, where you've set yourself, it, it, it really doesn't matter. Does that mean that it doesn't hurt? No. no. Does that mean that, that, that there's no pain? No. Does it mean that there's no confusion? Does that mean that, 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 that things, I may be at odds with people? No, it doesn't mean that. But what it means is that your anchor is held tight and that you are still setting your eyes in the right place. Believers that are seeking things above, they do this by deliberately and daily committing themselves to the values of the kingdom of God. Remember when we went through our series on the kingdom and we talked about kingdom values, those things that God set as characteristics of the kingdom. Those are the things that are ultimately important to us. And those are the things that set how we make our agendas. What is that for you? What has 2020 revealed about what you were seeking? What had this pandemic and all the other things that happened, what has it opened up about where your heart's desire was being set? We talked about ultimate versus actual. If you remember, this is a while back. We talked about making things ultimate that should be actual. What do I mean by that? Having an education is, is really good. It's, it's what we use to be able to help us to gain skills and knowledge and understanding. It helps us to to, to gain a financial footing because it helps us to gain a career. It has actual value on earth for us in education. But when education becomes ultimate, it cannot sustain and hold you. When the ultimate thing in your life is to get an education, it fails you. Let's try finances. Actually, finances are really good. I, 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 I rather enjoy being in a good financial position. I think all of us would be. We like the fact that we have the money to take care of the needs we have and many of the wants that we have. It has great actual value. But when we make finances ultimate, it fails us because it wasn't meant to sustain and to anchor we can go to this in any area, relationships. 
They have great actual value. God is the one that set them in our lives. But when they are ultimate over God and over Christ, they fail us. And so what are we seeking? See, what this seeking does is it actually helps us to operate in a godless culture. I think of Daniel, who was in one of the most ungodly cultures of his time, Babylonian culture, and, and, and how he was able to serve God because of his standing in God, because of his perspective. And and, and even in the days of the early church, when we look at the apostles and the time in which they lived, it was this anchor in heavenly places, in heavenly realities that held them so that they could operate in this godless, ungodly culture. See, when your anchor is settled in these heavenly places, in these heavenly realities, then you can function in this temporal world, godly or godless. See, the problem becomes for us when our anchor is just here because we only seek those things and desire those things here. When that is the case, we run the risk of our anchor being upended. And so things like an election can unsettle us. They can cause us to drift. Things like a pandemic can cause us to not trust God anymore. It's upended our anchor. Things like a job loss or a family member loss will cause us to now turn our backs on God because our anchor has been upended. He tells us to not set our desires, our ultimate desires, not those actual ones, but our ultimate desires. Don't set them anywhere down here. Let it be where Christ is. And then not only does he tell us that, he says, not only are you to seek those things that are above, you are the set, and it's in that same train of thought, and yet he, he gets more specific. He says to set your minds on things above. So you seek, that is to, Heart's design for you to inquire where to look, where to begin to where to begin to dig deeper. Let them be first into those heavenly realities. But then he says, second, more specific, orient your will. Keep thinking about orient your will to be focused on these heavenly values, on these kingdom values. That will take intention. It doesn't come naturally. You will be tempted to be knocked off course. You will be tempted to, to, to take up other things as ultimate values in your life. And God says, don't fall for it. God is using Paul says, look, look, don't be, <laughs> don't be tricked into that. It may look good. It may sound good. But orient your will, set your mind, let your, and, and again, present tense, keep setting. Let it be ongoing that you orient your thinking and your, and your strategizing and your mind. Set it on those heavenly values. Because that's what's going to keep you from veering off. Listening to those who are trying to lead you astray taking things that should not be taken and missing things that you should take. And he tells them, he says, listen, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. Now, I know specifically for them, they were the, the false teachers were trying to instruct them on things that were earthly, that would, that, um, that would give them a spiritual advantage, and it wouldn't. And what he was telling them is that Christ is sufficient. The supremacy of Christ is all you need for a strong spiritual life, which will cause you to make solid decisions in this life, in this temporary life on this planet. 
the decisions that we see that are being made today that we kind of turn our head and go, huh, what? Are where people are not letting their anchor rest in the kingdom. They're trying to find something here to anchor themselves to. And it's going to keep failing them. There is nothing hard enough that will hold it. And so then he tells them, the reason you set your mind's wife, because once again, you have died. He reminds them of what he has spoken about in the first two chapters of this book. He, he reminds them, he says, you have died. Your position has changed. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Now that hidden here that he's talking about, this, this, this hidden, one of the things that it does speak of is this safety and this protection that your life that you have, that you now have, this new life in Christ that you have is not only is it wrapped in Christ, but it's also protected in Christ. It is a life that cannot be taken by anything that is happening here. That's why we have heard some of these testimonies of those that have gone on home in this pandemic that they've been looking forward to meeting their Lord, even though dealing with the pain of battling this disease, this virus. And even more, those before this that are in places in our world where being a believer can cost you your life. And they have willingly held to Christ while their earthly lives were being extinguished. Why? Because they realize one thing, that this life that we have in Christ, yes, it is anchored in heavenly realities, and also, yes, it is hidden in him. It is hidden in him, protected by him, set and reserved for him. And we have to realize, regardless of what God allows, we have to understand that our lives are hidden in Christ. That whatever pain we face, whatever confusion happens, wherever I'm disoriented, wherever I'm perplexed, whenever I'm discouraged, my life as a believer in Christ is hidden in him. It is protected. So it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. This is not just cliche. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter if I get to come outside and fellowship with people in person, I want to, I long to, but I can still function. If I've had to change jobs because the one I had was lost because of all that's happened, my life in Christ is not only settled, but is protected. No one can take that. And I want us to live out of it. Let's stop acting like it's about to, it's, it's all about to fall apart. Let's stop living like it's all about to end. If I don't do this, if we don't have this, if we don't elect this, guys, let's stop. God is saying, your life is in me. It's hidden. It's protected. Yes. It may cause some pain. Yes, it may bring some things your way that you wish it did not. Yes, it may bring some loss. But you still have Christ. You are still anchored to him and in his kingdom. And nothing can change that. And so we seek, we set our minds and then we'll find that there is something that remains true. Verse 4, when Christ, 
who is your life appears. And it is that play of the hidden versus that which is revealed. See, who you are in Christ and that life isn't fully revealed now. John in his letter, in his epistle, talks about that. Does not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall be like him. We will see him as he is. It's not, we're not fully known for who we are, but we know one thing. We know whose we are. And he says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You have to see this promise. He says, my life is found in the person and the plan of Christ. That's my life. You know, I understand the person that says, that I was born to and insert anything that they do here on this earth. I don't know if you guys remember, years ago, um, there, was a, there was a brand of, of, of T-shirts that were made. Um, I liked them a lot because of how they directed folks' um, attention. Because we would hear a lot, you know, football is my life, you know, basketball is my life, soccer is my life, you know, or a career. You can say, whatever it is, you're feeling it is my life. And these T-shirts would say, it would say, football is my game, but Jesus is my life. I was not one that was huge on T-shirts like that, but, but those caught my attention. It said, basketball is my game, but Jesus is my life. And I love that because I do things here on earth. I involve myself with things here on earth. I work and I live and I, um, and I do all that I've been afforded to do here on earth. But none of those things are my life. They what I do as I live, but they're not my life. So here's the good part. If any of those things are ever taken, I'm still living. But the moment that becomes your life, whatever it is, insert anything. The moment that becomes your life, now it is able to be taken. Because anything here on earth can be taken. But when you are set eternally, your life is hidden in Christ. It cannot be taken. And so what is it for you? Insert it. What is your game or what is your career or what is your hobby? Insert whatever it is, but then say, but Jesus is my life. As we get into this new year and all the things that will happen, all the things that will go on, we are, we, are, we are praying that the vaccine begins to turn the tide the opposite way. We are, we are praying that we have some calm and, and some settling around our elections in this country. We are praying that race relations, especially with the church, I'm not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about with Christ-following believers that we are in a position where we hear and follow the voice of God. And as we walk that road, there will be bumps. There will be turns that we did not expect. There will be drops that you did not expect. Sometimes you will feel like you're on that roller coaster ride. I don't know if it's Magic Mountain or whatever. There is a ride. I don't remember where it is because my roller coaster days are pretty much over now. Uh, but 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 there there was a ride that you you rode it in the dark, and the fun of the ride was you did not know what was coming up next, unless you rode it enough that you knew what was coming up next. But one of the first times I got on that, 
The roller coaster itself wasn't that thrilling. It was riding in the dark and not knowing when the drop would come or the twist or the upswing or the turn. And sometimes that's exactly how it feels for us as we're going through life. It, it feels like we are in the dark on this roller coaster and I don't know where the next drop is going to be. But I will tell you, actually, and I'm not trying to be funny or cliche, it doesn't matter because you will never be derailed in Christ. You will never be led astray in Christ. You will never be ultimately disappointed. Oh, you may have some disappointments because things didn't work out as you wanted, but you're not leading the train. When your life is in Christ, when he appears, you appear. You will be seen for who you are. And I love this, in glory. It is a guarantee. It is going to happen. One day, all of this is going to end. And where we will appear is critical. If you've been anchored in heavenly places, if you are anchored in Christ, when Christ appears, you appear in glory, victorious. So for us today, I have to ask, what are we seeking? Where are we setting our minds? And what will we find when this is all over? Where will we find ourselves? And we can even do that on a smaller version. Day by day, what am I seeking? Where am I setting my mind? And where am I finding myself day in and day out in relation to Christ? It will help you to better make decisions when you realize that the ultimate decision has already been made. Your anchor is set. Now you can ride here in this ocean because you're set in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that, Father, you have given us a guarantee. And that guarantee, oh Lord, is that if we are in you, Father, and if we seek you and where you are, if we seek heavenly realities and heavenly things, Father, if we set our minds, if we keep orienting ourselves to the values of the kingdom, Father, the promise that has been made here, God, is going to play out. We are hidden in you. You've given us that guarantee, those of us who have trusted you. Father, that the guarantee is there. Christ is sufficient. He will hold. He has saved, he will hold, and he will deliver us to his kingdom, protected. I pray that that would cause us to live here boldly. Father, that it would cause us to live here, oh God, effectively. It would cause us to live here, God, victoriously, regardless of what happens. Father, I pray that we would not let go. We know you have us. Help us to live out of that reality. Father, I pray for the person that has not trusted you today. Lord, that has not given their life to you. Father, that has not allowed you to forgive them of their sins and to bring them into this newness of life. I pray that you would touch their heart, work on it, show them their need for you and your Christ. Lord, that they may be transformed from that kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of your dear son, the kingdom of light. Strengthen us, Lord, as we venture into this new year. Help us to trust you, setting our anchor where you are. We ask you this in Christ's name, amen. Amen. Be, um,
Before we go this morning, I always want to give that opportunity. This morning, you've heard this, and you may have said, I've never made that decision. My life is not secure. I've never trusted in Christ. I've not embraced who Jesus is, nor have I embraced what he has done. I've never recognized my sin. I've never realized that Christ is the only provision for that sin. And thus, I've never asked him to forgive me, repenting of those sins and allowing him to forgive me. I've never done that. And if that's you this morning, that can, that can change. That's the good thing with hearing the gospel, the good news, is that it can be yours. It can be true of you. You can receive it. And if you are here this morning and you've not done that, and you can, can you speak with one of us after service? I would love to be able to talk with you and be able to share and to lead you into how you can have that relationship. If you are watching with us, you can pray right at home. God, possible because of Christ, the sins that we were all born with and in can be forgiven because of the finished work of Christ on the cross and the resurrection of Christ. And thus you too can be one of those that says, if you have died with him, you will be raised with him. That can be you. If you're watching, let us know. There'll be some information um, at the end of the program. Give us a call. We would love to speak with you further um, about that relationship. I just want to thank all of you for being here this morning, for, for starting this new year off with us. Um, we look forward to what God continues to do. Continue to prepare your, your hearts and your minds. Continue to prepare yourself for what God wants to do in and through you this year. Don't let up. Don't let down. Allow him to use you. There's a lot that is ahead for us. Um, I know I mentioned um, before there will be um, some information going out this week about a um, Box of Love event that we are working in conjunction with crew um, here in um, Indianapolis to have an event in early February, which will, um, which will help bless about 200 families um, us and Faith Church are the two that will be um, participating in this in our respective neighborhoods and areas. And um, there will be some more information about how we can be involved in uh, the distribution of it. Yes, it is all distanced and safe. We are making sure that we can do this outside in a fashion um, that will keep us safe, but that will help us to minister to other people um, in a real way. And so that we continue to demonstrate and show the love of Christ as we live um, day in and day out. So look forward to that. And um, we will be getting back to our Bible studies on Thursday nights by Zoom. Um, and so look for that information as well as our prayer will start up again at noon. Um, and, and we look forward, we have some great teachers on deck and some things that we will be learning. We will also be looking, um, probably by next month, we haven't landed on a day yet to begin our third installment of our community groups, which we've been having by Zoom as we've been going through the curriculum of the Gospel Shaped Church. And so, um, installment three, Gospel Shaped Outreach. Um, will be coming up, but we'll be giving more information on that and your group leaders. Also, if you are not in a group and you would like to be a part of one, um, there will be information on that. As a matter of fact, you can call the church Monday through Thursday and actually get yourself on that list that we can place you in a group if you've not been placed in one. So again, quite a bit of stuff that's actually coming up. Set your hearts, set your minds in a place where God can use you. And, um, and that we can benefit from being in fellowship with you. Amen? Thanks again for coming. I'm going to turn you over to our ushers.